Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. It's Thursday, July second, and uh, I'm excited to be back on the air. Two shows this week. Uh, started the week on a Monday afternoon with my friend Lenny Melnick from RotoExperts.com to talk some fantasy baseball. And today I have joining me a, uh, a friend, a fantasy football expert, and at the same time a uh, multi-league adversary in the world of fantasy football. So maybe I got a Watch what I'm going to say a little bit, because he very rarely beats me and probably will want to steal some of my thoughts and ideas. Um, Good guy, great fantasy football mind, Mr. Douglas Derdala. Doug, happy Thursday, happy Fourth of July weekend as it approaches us. Thanks for joining us, and uh, how are you? I'm good. Happy birthday to America. Uh, I'm going to try to not reveal any secrets tonight about how I'm going to draft in our leagues. And at the same time, be honest to all of your listeners. There you go. That's it. And, Doug, I'm excited. I know you've agreed to come on tonight. And schedule permitting, maybe do a whole slew of shows with me this summer Absolutely. as we prepare our listeners, uh, hopefully uh, weekly, as we prepare them for the upcoming fantasy football season. want to remind everybody, before we get to all of that, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show is available on Blog Talk Radio live uh, weekly and follow us on Twitter and Facebook for those announcements when we're going to air live. It's also available on demand on Blog Talk Radio and it's available on iTunes. The link is up on, on all those pages as well as the show currently. So go to iTunes and do me a favor subscribe, download, and rate the show. As always, do appreciate the support. You can follow the show on Twitter at ANIANO Fantasy. That's A A N I A N O Fantasy. And on Facebook, you can follow it. Uh, on its page, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. The Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show is brought to you by the uh, DynastySportsEmpire.com, and I'm also, as you know, a proud employee of both RotoBaller.com and DraftValet.com, so make sure you check that stuff out as well. And you can also hear me Wednesday nights, uh, 9 o'clock, on RotoBaller Fantasy Sports Radio with my good friend Real Talk Raph. And uh, you'll see all that information as you're scrolling across the screen. You'll see our FanDuel uh, promotional code SMASHERS. Sign up now. Click the mic. Use the promo code SMASHERS. Uh, DraftKings promotional co- code Smash Radio, And uh, a new show that's, that we're partnering up with, uh, TJ's War Room Fantasy Football Show. You see the link scrolling across the screen. So check that show out as well. It's a terrific show. And uh, talking about what we talk about here, fantasy football, so you may want to check that out. Phone lines are open at 347-838-8088. That's 347-838-8088. So if you're listening live and you have any fantasy football questions, give us a call. Or the chat room is open as well. If you just want to uh, drop us a line and say hello, feel free to do that. Doug, 
lot going on and a lot of breaking news uh, just today. The old uh, NFL drug suspension day, it felt like. Uh, people get excited for a few things. It's opening day, NFL draft, the NFL playoffs, and drug suspension day happened to be today, it looks like. And we had a couple of big names get suspended. Uh, the biggest, it seems, was, um, you would assume, Hall of Famer Antonio Gates, uh, Jets All-Pro defensive lineman Sheldon Richardson, and Cowboys linebacker Ronaldo McClain, uh, three of the names getting suspended. I want to talk about the first two there, start with Gates. You know, a lot of people over the years have been pro- projecting Antonio Gates' demise, and it never seems to come, right? Uh, last year, he had a solid year. He was a top 12 tight end. And when we talk, we usually talk about 12-team leagues. So here's Gates. He's going to miss the first four games. Before we get to his replacement, what does that do for you come draft day and your thoughts on Antonio Gates? Um, I may take him in the last round, possibly, Antonio Gates. I'm shocked by this, by the way. You know, you hear rumors about guys being on – PEDs. I've never heard his name once uh, brought up. I'm, I'm shocked. Waiting to hear. Actually, Sheldon Richardson was marijuana. So it's not necessarily a PED. I haven't seen the actual drug of choice yet for Mr. Gates. Mm-hmm. But Richardson was uh, he wasn't performance enhancing. He was uh, slowing his roll a little bit. But uh, I agree. I'm shocked. I'd be shocked if it was PEDs with Gates. Yeah. I, um, you know, I'm not... Uh, last round, I might take him, second last round. Um, otherwise, let somebody else take him. I mean, he's one of those guys, like you said, he never seems to fall off the cliff. Every year, mm-hmm. he, he's almost like a, a Jason Witten in a way. Right. Uh, you, you think, you know, here's a year he falls off the cliff, and he never does. Uh, the only problem is maybe he's, he gets hurt, he gets banged up once in a while. He's but, always banged up, it seems, right? Yeah, he always misses a few games here and there. But, I mean, talent-wise, he gets it done all the time. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 really, I'm shocked about this. I'm shocked. Right. Well, I mean, we talk about his projection not falling off, but last season he played in all 16 games. He had 821 receiving yards on 69 receptions and 12 touchdowns. Julius Thomas didn't put up those numbers, and everybody loved Julius Thomas last year in Denver. Maybe they don't love him as much now because he's down in Jacksonville. But I, I, if you had said no name and I said – you can draft a tight end 69 for 821 and 12 touchdowns. You would sign up for that in a heartbeat because after Gronkowski and maybe Jimmy Graham, that's pretty much as good as you'll get from a tight end. Yeah, he was one of those guys I was looking to grab late, and I was thrilled. And every mock draft I did, he was there late. Let, let everyone reach for a Gronkowski. You know, let everybody else reach for Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson. And then people, you know, when you get to the mid-rounds, people go on a, on a run. And the tight end run seems to go, you know, maybe around seven or eight. And he's never there. He's available very often in round 12, 13. I'm thinking, great, I'll take him. I have no problem taking him. And now this is a, this is a big, a big uh, you know, break to my, my, my strategy here. In a PPR league, 12-team PPR league, and I'm, I, I thank the guys over at FantasyFootballCalculator.com, but in a PPR league, Coming into today, Antonio Gates uh, was the 10th tight end taken off the board, being picked tail end of round 9, beginning of round 10. Okay, going ahead of him was Owen Daniels, now in Denver, Jordan Cameron, now in Miami, Zach Ertz, 
Julius Thomas, Martellus Bennett. So I have no problem. That seems like a good spot for Antonio Gates, the 10th tight end off the board. It's going to be interesting now monitoring the ADPs over the next couple of weeks and seeing where he falls to and where his assumed replacement, Ladarius Green, who people have been picking probably before him in the last, over the last year or two, expecting the changing of guards that's never occurred, uh, where he would go. Now, my next question about this suspension, Ladarius Green, is he somebody you're going to maybe take a few rounds earlier and assume this is it, he seizes the job? Or are you now going to stay away from the whole Charger tight end mess because you really don't know how that's going to fully play out? No, I, I will take him late. Uh, maybe around 13, maybe around 12. Um, that's a big gap. If you look at uh, fantasyfootballcalculator.com, yeah, like you said, you have uh, Zach Ertz, and then you have Antonio Gaines ranked at number 105. After him is Josh Hill at 121. Now, Josh Hill, he's one of those guys that everyone's saying, you know, he's going to be the replacement for, for Jimmy Graham. They talked him up a lot during the offseason. And then I've been hearing that he's not really going to do as much as you think. So he's a guy I don't want to touch at all. So, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the gap between tight ends, according to the calculations here, is, uh, was, was Zach Ertz in 97. If you take Gates out of it and take Josh Hill out of it, the next guy is Jason Witten at 134. So yeah. I'll be more than happy to take Ladarius Green around there. Interesting. Would you handcuff yourself? Would you sit tight based on this ADP, right? You talk about Ladarius Green somewhere around round 11, round 12, 13. Would you consider in a 16-team draft, if the rest of your roster is set, would you go Ladarius Green 13 and say Antonio Gates 15 and say, I'm running with the Chargers tight end, whoever that may end up being throughout the year? Definitely. Absolutely. I have no problem with that at all. In deeper leagues, if Gates is still there late, you take him. I mean, just, uh, four games is going to go by in a blink. Right, I agree, and that's, you know, Tom Brady, the, sh- the same theory with me. I'm not letting a four-game suspension potentially steer me away. You handcuff yourself for a couple of days, and, you know, as, in theory, if you get out of those first four games two and two, and you're getting a better player back at that point in your fantasy season, you'll clearly roll with it. Now, well, Doug, remember, it's only, it's only tight end, too, you know, so it's not like one of the major... Right, you could survive. If it's not, to me, with the tight end position... If it's not Gronkowski and to a slightly lesser extent Jimmy Graham, they're, they're all one and the same to me. They really are. Um, you know, I mean, Larry Donnell for two weeks last year was the greatest tight end in the world, and then he became like everybody else. Jason Witten's on his last legs. Jordan Cameron two years ago in Cleveland was a beast. Last year was a disappointment. Now he's in Miami. This year everybody's going to stumble over try- themselves trying to grab Owen Daniels. We've seen Owen Daniels be successful in Houston. Last year... Uh, in Baltimore, uh, after uh, their regular tight end got hurt, he was mildly successful. Now he's in Denver. They're gonna, you know, you're, you're expecting an uptick, but he's not nearly as athletic as Julius Thomas. So who really knows? Uh, you know, tight end is tight end. You know, I know you're a big guy. You've always loved in some of the leagues wearing together uh, the guy with the Rams. Right. Um, oh, my God, I'm drawing a total blank on his name. Well, there's a reason why. He's gone. <laughs> you know, you draft him every year. Every week, week one, he seems to go for three touchdowns and 500 yards. Yeah. And by week four, you're cutting him for yeah. somebody else. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so, so there you have that. Now, the, the other guy who went out 
And I don't know how big a, an impact that's going to have, this is going to have fantasy-wise, but that's Sheldon Richardson. You know, you could argue uh, he was their best defensive player last year. Who knows if he'll continue to be the Jets, adding Darrell Revis and Antonio Cromartie and, and drafting the quarterback Scrine. Um but, you know, the Jets' defense, on average, was the third defense, is currently the third defense off the board. Uh, Seattle defense is first, going somewhere in the ninth round. Buffalo Bills defense and then the Jets' defense are the only two defenses going in the second round. The Bills' defense a couple of picks ahead. Buffalo's defense last year was very good. Rex Ryan's now their coach, so you expect that to stay the same. Right. Jets' defense, they draft the kid out of USC to go with all the other ridiculous front seven guys, and we know the improvement they made in the back with, with Revis, Cromartie, and the kid, the rookie scrine they drafted as well. Right. They, they took uh, Leonard Williams in round one, and you know what? For me, their defense doesn't slide back at all, not even a little bit. So you don't even worry about it. Sheldon Richardson missing three or four games, no, no impact uh, when you are ready to draft the defense if the Jets are on the board. Well, you know, I, I was thinking about this. It's not – always how good the defense is. A lot of times it's how often they're going to be on the field, you know. And I'm not very confident in the Jets' offense. You know, there's going to be a lot of, you know, three in and outs. And um, the Jets' defense is going to be tough, and they're going to have to be on the field most of the game. And by the end of the game, they're going to be wearing down. And I don't have confidence in the offense to uh, score a lot of points and keep defense off the field. Interesting. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting theory. I don't know. Uh, I think this defense so is going to get you a lot of turnovers, going to give you a lot of sacks. Yeah, you're going to lose points potentially just because I think you're right. They may wear down quite a bit unless they can figure out that quarter. I mean, the Jets have weapons. It's the best wide receiver crew they've had in a while now with Brandon Marshall, uh, Eric Decker, uh, Curley in the slot. The kid they drafted out of Ohio State is now that fourth receiver. He was a second-round pick. I was still a Jet. I, well, they've, they've assembled – a group of good, not great running backs now. Ivory, Bilal Powell, uh, uh, the guy from the Rams, who, who I think they got on a, a very good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Trey Mason, but it's the other guy who everybody loved last year. Say, uh, 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 no, uh, I'm drawing a complete blank. They got Stephen Ridley, the free agent, from, uh, a free agent coming off ACL right. from New England. And... So they've added a lot of pieces offensively that should help. I mean, they're coming into the season. Now, whether all four running backs make the team, that's a different story. But at the very least, three of them will, so they can ground the ball out. They've got wide receivers who they could throw the ball to. The question is, is, is who's going to throw it? You know, that's what it comes down to. Right. But uh, I do. I like the Jets' defense a lot. I am a little bit like you. I, I worry. You know, because the truth is, Every Geno Smith pick six is a, not, is, is, a, is a negative point for your defense, even though they're not on the field. Right. So, so that, does help, that, that, that does hurt a little bit as well. But, um, but fantasy-wise, you wouldn't let the Sheldon Richardson suspension uh, scare you away. No, I wouldn't. All right, fair enough. Doug, let's take a look. Last week, or well, actually two weeks ago now, uh, what was it like? yeah, last week? I, uh, I I had the honor. The guys at Roto Baller took me on a, a nice little field trip, and we went to the FSTA Fantasy Sports Trade Association conference. And, and this year it was in New York City, and we had a good time with that. And some interesting stuff. Saw a lot of people. It was a lot of fun. And um, 
the very first night they had their 14-team draft, the FSTA Professional League draft. Uh, a lot of experts from around the country come in. And really, they set the uh, – Zach Stacy, by the way, is the running back I was thinking of that they got from the Rams, right. Zach Stacy. Right. But um, so they, they, they said they did their FSTA draft. It's available. I'll have the link for it on the, my Facebook and Twitter page. So they did the draft, guys like Bob Harris, Jeff Manns, Ted Schuster, Ray Flowers, Derek Van Riper, uh, Rick Wolf, Colton, uh, Anthony Perry, guys, guys all over SiriusXM, I mean, a lot of good guys, guys I've gotten to meet along the, along the journey here. And I'm going to just take a look right now at the draft, and I'm going to say some of these picks. And I have my own thoughts on some surprises here, and I want to get your thoughts on some things, good, bad, or ugly, whatever, whatever you think as okay. well. All right, Bob Harris started the draft off. He took Adrian Peterson uh, with the very first pick. Uh, it is a PPR draft. Antonio Brown went number two. Jamal Charles, three. Eddie Lacy, four. Odell Beckham Jr. went five. Matt Forte, six. C.J. Anderson of Denver, seven. Uh, Le'Veon Bell fall all the way to eight. You've got to assume that's because of the suspensions. Gronkowski, the first tight end off the board at 9, Marshawn Lynch 10, Arian Foster 11, Demarius Thomas 12, LaShawn McCoy 13, and then Julio Jones uh, rounds up the first round at number 14. And then that continues a run as you go through the second round, then there's Brian Calvin Johnson, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, A.J. Green. Uh, DeMarco Murray went number 20, and... Darren McFadden went 23. Aaron Rodgers, first quarterback off the board at number 24. Doug, I am shocked, appalled, surprised with a whole bunch of stuff there. But I want to get your thoughts on it first. Okay, my first thought, uh, Adrian Peterson, first pick. And you, you and I have discussed this mm-hmm. several times. How many times have we counted out Peterson? You know, he, he got hurt. You know, they're going to stack the box on him. There's no other offense. And somehow he, he always seems to be, you know, dominant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is with him now, when is it going to be the year where he's, he really kind of pulls back? I, I don't think it's this year. I have no problem with him t- being taken number one. Well, um, I'm, I'm uh, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. He's one of those guys where I will take him early until he starts, until he, until he stops producing. Um, he had all, all of last year off. So, I mean, he's, he, he, he had 30 years old this year. That's the, the big uh, number. 30 people get nervous with, with running backs. He is not the average running back. Um, taking him number one, I don't know if I would do that. But I don't kill somebody for doing that. What surprised me was the fifth pick, Odell Beckham. Now, Beckham missed some time last year with, uh, I think it was a hammy. Yeah, missed the first couple of games. And uh, he broke out. He was a, a phenomenon. Um, you know, I would not take him at five. I, I mean, I don't want to say sophomore slump. I just, high ceiling, yes. And he's he, he's had uh, hammy problems all off season. I would easily easily take Demarius over him. I would take Julio Jones over him. I would take Dez 
and I would take Calvin Johnson over them. Wow. Yep. Because, you know, and if it got to a point where I had to take either Beckham or Julio at the end of the first round, I, I, would, I couldn't kill somebody for taking them. But, you know, at the fifth pick, I mean, the, the other guys, the veterans, you know you're going to get from Demarius, you know, conservatively, 10 touchdowns, 1,200 yards, 85 uh, receptions. You don't think that's a lock for Beckham? No. 10 and 1,200? No, I don't. I think if that leg is healthy, I, 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 if, I can understand somebody not picking him in fifth overall. I get that. Um, well, the thing is this. I mean, I've never seen him go that early. I would take Le'Veon Bell over him. I would take... Uh, I would take Forte. Probably Forte over him. Would you take C.J. Anderson over him? No. C.J. Anderson surprised me going at number seven as well. Yeah, I, I agree. C.J. Anderson is one of those guys that I see in a 10 or 12 league team, uh, draft, league draft, team draft, you know what I mean, uh, going in the second round, early second round. I got him back in January, right after the season was ending, right, really during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I did a mock draft for uh, Sirius XM that they had on the air. And I had the second overall pick. And in that draft, now this was January, right? So you're fresh off the end of the season. Right. Um, no draft yet. Right. You didn't know rookies, you know, all of that. Leave, uh, Antonio Brown went number one, That's which right. I could understand in a PPR. It's a no-brainer. Totally. I was able to grab Le'Veon at two. And that was, I think, before the suspension came out even. And then... 12 teams, so now you're looking at the 23rd pick, second to last pick of the second round, that's when I took C.J. Anderson. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see him. Now, now here's some things I'll, I'll agree and disagree with you on. Now, as we're talking about this, Doug, I also have, again, fantasy football calculus ADPs. And Adrian Peterson is the first pick on, on the ADPs over the last five days between June 27th and July 2nd. That's the data I'm working off of. Right. And Adrian Peterson is the first pick. So uh, maybe, maybe that, I remember that day being surprised by it, but as a week or so has passed now, I'm not as surprised with AP going number one. Right. Now here's where, what I'm seeing comparing that draft to the ADPs. Uh, Antonio Brown is still the first receiver going two or three. Then it's Julio, who's been going on average at pick number six, uh, Des Bryant at number eight, and Odell Beckham at ten. He is going before Demarius and Calvin. Right. And, and here is my only concern about Demarius. <clears throat> what if Manning's decline last year is real? Right? What if that... Here, now... Over the last two years, they've lost Eric Decker. Now they've lost Wes Welker. They've lost Julius Thomas. Right. Manning's another year older. We saw his decline last year towards the end, the, the, the quad injury. That's what it was blamed on. But now you've got Demarius. You've got uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who was terrific last year. And then you've got a couple of unknowns, Andre Caldwell and last year's rookie Cody Latimer. But... Here's what you have that the Broncos haven't had under the Peyton Manning era. A stable of running backs who could take the load away or take the load off of the passing game. 
If you woke up this morning and I told you your running back situation was C.J. Anderson, backed up by Monty Ball, backed up by Ronnie Hillman, backed up by Jawan Thompson, you'd sign up for that. Because yeah. there's a lot of talent there. First-round picks, second-round picks, and a guy, C.J. Anderson, who was a beast down the stretch. Right. What I'm saying is I don't know if the Bronco, if Peyton Manning needs to throw the ball 40 times a game anymore. Uh, no, he he doesn't, and, and he won't. But I think Demarius, I mean, as, as good as Manning is and has been, uh, Demarius Thomas is a stud. I mean, yeah. the guy's legit. You know, I mean, I, I, he'll give you 1,210 touchdowns with most quarterbacks, not just Peyton Manning. Um, I, I would just feel more comfortable taking him over Beckham because he's been there for a few years. Beckham had one year, and I think Obeckham, uh, Obeckham. Odell Beckham is going to be a stud. I just don't have the confidence in him after one year of taking him over guys that have already been established. All right, 12-team 12 12 team league, PPR. What pick do you need to be sitting at so you could say now's the time to go take Beckham? Late first round is fine. 11 um, or 12? 9? Even 9 or 10. Okay. Well, well let me ask you this. Um, who are you going to take first, Beckham or Gronk? I won't take a tight end in the first round. No. Um, I love Gronk. You know every week you're getting ridiculous production there. Right. Um, he, uh, he's going to win you the week at tight ends. You know that. But now I feel once you do that, now you're behind the eight ball the rest of the way. And let's look at that team, fantasyaces.com, Jeff Collins, right? He took uh, Gronk at number nine. Right. Now – his first running back is DeMarco Murray, who you think is going to be good, but a lot of people are down on him. It's not the same offensive line. It's a different offense. It's an offense that likes to throw the ball in Philadelphia. Ryan Matthews is there to take a few touches. It's and, not the DeMarco Murray who ran for the Cowboys And the quarterback year. is questionable. Sam Bradford or Mark Sanchez. Right. So it's a totally different ballgame for DeMarco Murray. His second running back is the rookie, David Johnson, who went to Arizona. Okay, and he's looking to steal playing time there in Arizona from Andre Ellington. Right. Okay, his third running back in round nine was Bishop Sankey, who was a huge disappointment last year. Right. Round 10, he got Terrence West, who's probably at best a platoon situation in Cleveland with Isaiah Crowell. Yep. D'Angelo Williams at 12. Okay, the backup to Le'Veon Bell. Now, D'Angelo Williams is going to start the first couple of games while Le'Veon Bell is out. Right. So that's a nice pick to at least get off to a decent start. Right. But you see, after Murray, there's a lot of question marks there. And then the wide receiver situation, now he doesn't touch a wide receiver to round three. DeAndre Hopkins in Houston, terrific year last year. He's catching passes from Brian Hoyer. Right. Brandon Marshall of the Jets, terrific wide receiver, catching passes from Geno Smith. Right. Michael Floyd in round five, who was a disappointment last year. He was. Catching pass from Carson Palmer. Kendall Wright in Tennessee, round seven, catching passes from a rookie, Marcus Mariota. Right. So as good as Gronk is, taking that tight end, I feel stunts the rest of your team. I I, I totally see where you're you, I, 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 I agree. Um, but you know that what? That had to hurt a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> But you know what? I mean, 
you, and I've heard you say this before, you're winning tight end, but you know, with, with Gronkowski, you're beating out number one wide receivers also. Right. So, I mean, Gronkowski is, is technically a tight end, but, I mean, he may as well be a wide receiver. Yeah, I get that. But now, where you have Gronkowski, the guys after you have, and DeMarco Murray's your first running back, and you could say, well, okay, who would you rather have? Let me phrase it this way. Okay. Would you rather have a team where Eddie Lacy is your first running back, your top two wide receivers are Alshon Jeffrey and Julian Edelman, and your tight end is Jimmy Graham? Or would you rather have DeMarco Murray with DeAndre Hopkins and Brandon Marshall and Rob Gronkowski? I'd rather have Alshon Jeffrey, Julian Edelman, and Jimmy Graham. I would too. Than DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Marshall, and Rob Gronkowski. Well, I, you know what? I would too. But you know what? If I was uh, Jeff Collins, if I took Gronk first, I would have gone wide receiver second and taken a running back third. And I think there were plenty of guys there I would have been comfortable with as running back for my, in my third round instead of waiting for the rep for a wide receiver. I wonder. Now, who knows, right? You know, maybe he expects DeMarco Murray to go sooner and then have an A.J. Green, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Calvin, or Dez fall to him. Right. What, right. what what may have hurt him is he said, I'll go Gronk. Look at all those wide receivers on the board. After he took Gronk, you had Demarius, Julio, Dez, Calvin, Jordy, Randall, and A.J. Green all available. So there's seven wide receivers and only ten picks till he goes. He's thinking, somebody will take DeMarco, and I'll get one of those seven. And it didn't. He hedged his bets, and he lost, really, right. Right. is what happened. And And right. I would have been very happy there taking a wide receiver. And it's interesting how much that draft could have changed, right? Mm-hmm. He takes, let's say somebody takes DeMarco and he grabs A.J. Green there. You know, then it changes everything because now, who well, knows? Green, in, Green went before him, so he couldn't take Green there. Well, I'm saying, let's say instead of A.J. Green, the guy before him took DeMarco Murray. Gotcha. So now his next pick, he has Gronkowski, he takes A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. So now he doesn't feel the need to necessarily draft a wide receiver in round three. Right. So instead of taking DeAndre Hopkins in round three, there's the rookie for the Chargers, Melvin Gordon, Frank Gore, Mm -hmm. Andre Ellington, Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray, Alfred Morris, all went after DeAndre Hopkins. So that one block, that being skunked at that one time, who knows, could have changed his whole plan. True, true. And, and, And potentially hurt him quite a bit there. Doug, Darren McFadden going in the second round that night. I mean, I know the Cowboy offensive line is good, but, folks, it's Darren McFadden. I mean, he went before. I I know people don't draft him early, the quarterback, but he was a pick before Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. I I don't know what he was thinking. You know, sometimes people just get a lock on somebody and think, you know what, this guy – He's going to do it this year. He's going to this or that. And I think for, uh, who was that? Rick Wolf and Glenn Colton. I think that guy was Darren McFadden. Darren McFadden's going to stay healthy this year. He's got a great offensive line, the top one or two lines in the league most likely. And, you know, McFadden's going to be a steal. Well, steal him in round five or round four. Round two makes no, I mean, he took him before, let's see who took him before. Uh, Spiller, who, I mean, I wouldn't take 
filler uh, in round two. Well, you got Mark Ingram there, who's still, you're thinking, to get most of the carries. Yeah. Filler should be PPR gold, though, in New Orleans. Yeah, you know, I've heard him say, I've heard people out of New Orleans say, when I've been reading about him, you know, if you can, get Spiller. They're going to utilize him uh-huh. like Buffalo should have been and, and did that one year, yeah. And, yeah, and never did. Um, but, I mean, I would take Spiller over McFadden. I would take Forsett over McFadden. Lamar Miller, I don't want to touch because he's one of those guys I don't want to touch. I would take Gordon, Gore over McFadden. And now, since talking about the, the Cowboys, I would take Joseph Randall over McFadden. Yeah, Joseph Randall. You know, McFadden goes middle of the second round. Joseph Randall goes the start of the fourth. Uh, you know, so uh, to me, if you're drafting two running backs from the same team within the first, you know, four rounds, it tells you it's an, un- it's an unsafe situation. You know, interesting – and we're cross-referencing, uh, and that's pretty much the theme of the show, this draft with the ADPs, right? right? So we talk about McFadden, but it's in line on where he went. his ADP has been going, Doug. Darren McFadden, uh, current ADP situation, DeMarco Murray, Darren McFadden, Darren McFadden, Darren McFadden, on ADP is nowhere near the second round. Darren McFadden's current ADP on average is the 36th overall running back. In the eighth round. Yeah. And he, eighth he, round. He took him in round two. I, I mean, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand. Look who's ranked ahead of him. Trey Mason, Shane Vereen, Doug Martin, Isaiah Crowell, who, who knows if he's even playing in Cleveland, uh, Tevin Coleman, Bernard, Abdullah, Jennings, Bell, Blount. He could have got a lot of guys before McFadden. I think Joseph he, Randall's on average going in the 21st overall running back, and, and, and McFadden's the 36th. I mean, it's just crazy to me. The guy you were mentioning, C.J. Speller, 15th overall running back, somewhere towards the end of round three in a 12-team league. Right. Um, conservatively, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, conservatively, he could have gotten McFadden in round five. Right. Maybe you don't want to wait till round eight. You're high on him. You don't want to wait till round eight. But conservatively, round five, five. That, that's reaching for him. He got him in round two, and now and and the worst part was before Aaron, the pick before Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you're the road wire, if you're picking after, and you're going, oh wow, I hope Rodgers falls. I hope Rodgers falls. You're not expecting McFadden to go there. You're expecting Alshon Jeffrey, Justin Forsett, sure. Jimmy Graham. Some even Brandon Cooks, who's now the guy in New Orleans with Graham gone. You're expecting, and you heard Darren McFadden, and not just Rogers, but Luck is also on. Luck the lasts till the third round, and he's and he's ranked number one, mm-hmm. ahead, uh, you know, ahead of Rogers. If I'm the guy behind him, I'm saying thank ah. you for taking Darren McFadden. Unbelievable. And if I'm if I'm on the other side behind him, I'm saying thank you for saying Lamar Miller after him. His first wide receiver is Andre Johnson. Who I think is going to have a nice bounce back here in Indianapolis. Yeah, but in, in round four, I mean, I, I mean, Lamar Miller and McFadden—it just—it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and then so he goes Forte, who I love in a PPR, McFadden, mm-hmm. Lamar Miller. Okay, you know Lamar Miller's going to have competition. They got the rookie there, uh, uh, Jay, uh, Ji. I hope I pronounce it right. And then you got Andre Johnson, Martavius Bryant, who I like yep. uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, Kevin White, the rookie for the Bears, took a couple of rookies, took Brashad Perryman, the uh, rookie for Baltimore, who should see a lot of touches. 
I mean, he's hedging his bets on a couple of running backs coming back. McFadden, Lamar Miller, and then Doug Martin in round 10. Fred Jackson's a backup to LaShawn McCoy and a good backup if something happens to McCoy. But, uh, yeah, that was that one was interesting to me, that's for sure. You know, Doug, the other thing I wanted to look at, just looking at some of these names, you know, nobody's afraid of the rookie running back. Right. You know, Melvin Gordon went in round three. T.J. Yeldon, uh, the kid out of Alabama, went at the start of round four. He's, uh, he's from Jacksonville now. Uh, he went at the start of round four, and I could see him winning that job. Denard Robinson was good, but he's a small guy, more of a change of pace. Yeah. Kobe Gerhardt was terrible last year. Well, they're talking about uh, Yeldon as being a three-down back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, round four in a 14-team league. league. No problem. No problem. And then Todd Gurley goes in round five, uh, the highest running back drafted in the actual NFL draft. Uh, he goes a little bit later. I think the influence of Trey Mason still being there kind of slows his role a little bit. But Gurley might not be the guy right away, but you know eventually he will be. Different if you're in a dynasty format, maybe. Uh, will, will, but, he be, will he be the guy this year, you think? Eventually. He was a top ten pick. This day and age in the NFL, if you're a top ten pick, you're playing. Oh, I'm just saying health-wise. The knee they're saying is healthy. Yeah. I think they, I think they ease him in now. I don't think he's, I don't think he's 20 carries a game in, for a while. I, I, I think Trey Mason's going to get some touches, yeah. uh, but Ger- Gurley's the better back. I, Mason's going to get some touches, and uh, and every year, they, they, every year now is who's this year's Adrian Peterson, and they're saying he is this year's Adrian Peterson. Well, here's what's interesting: it's been a, a while since we've seen a running back go in the first round of an NFL draft, right? You know, and now you had two of them. Uh, in Gordon and Gurley, so they're going to play. First-round picks play. I mean, that's just the end of the conversation. Right. They just do. Um, Doug, Shane Vereen, you're a big Giant guy, and people are hyped up on Shane Vereen going to the Giants. The West Coast offense last year, we know it took a while to kick in for Eli Manning, but when it did, you saw how good it could be. The offensive line got better last year. They added Flowers to play the offensive line this year. The offensive, they're improving that line. Victor Cruz should come back healthy. Ruben Randall took big steps, and we talked about Beckham. Rashad Jennings, uh, a nice running back, but he never stays healthy. Andre Williams, kid they drafted last year out of Boston College. Steady, you know, three and a half yards in a cloud of dust. He's not going to break one, but... Well, he broke one this year. Yeah. And if if people keep on seeing the highlight, let somebody else draft him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then there's Vereen, who they take away from the Patriots, who is, I think, PPR gold. Um, he goes in round six in a 14-team league. How how high are you on Vereen this season as a PPR option? Would you rank him potentially as a running back two for the season, uh, now playing in that giant offense? You know, um, I would take him over Jennings. Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, I've seen him in a few mock drafts. I should be. He's ranked. On my what I have here, he's ranked 79th, and I have Jennings ranked 60, uh, 63rd. That's overall, right? Okay, overall. Yeah, and I'm looking. And here's what's interesting: his current ADP is just looking at running backs alone. Right. Um, Rashad Jennings is ranked 29th, the sixth pick in the sixth round. Right. 12 team PPR league. Shane Vereen is 31st running back, 
ninth pick of the sixth round. So they are going within two. The only running back in between them is with Garrett Blount of the, of the Patriots. So you're talking about, on average, currently, they are only going three picks apart. Right. Uh, interesting. I would reach ahead of Jennings and take him. You know, I mean, people are, are nervous because he's a third, round ba- uh, a third down back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, the, the, the guy's good. Very good. The guy's good. And Jennings is good. But, I mean, I think Vereen, uh, you know, PPR, definitely ahead of Jennings. Standard League, <sighs> uh, I don't know. Standard League, I think you got to lean towards Jennings. Yeah, but I mean, you take the PPR factor out of that, and, and let me look at that right now. Let me take the PPR factor out of that and look at running backs in a standard format. Uh, in a standard format, uh, uh, as I click on running backs here, I got like a laptop working. I've got the iPad working. The laptop has not been behaving well. I'm trying to avoid spending the money on a new one, but I think I'm going to have to eventually, right? All right, changes significantly. Now, listen to this. You get away from the PPR and you look at the standard format. Um, For example, C.J. Spiller falls towards the end of the fourth into the fifth round. All right, he drops significantly when you take the receptions away. Um, Let's see, let's see, let's see. Tevin Coleman, Isaiah Crowell. Shane Vereen falls now to the middle of the seventh round. He drops about a solid round back, whereas Rashad Jennings moves up to the beginning of the sixth. So your your difference once you go standard format from PPR to standard is two picks apart to about 6.02 to 7.06. That's 12 to about 16 picks apart. Uh, More people, obviously, Jennings will be the the main ball carrier there uh, going forward for the Giants. And I, I tend to agree with that. Green's never really shown himself to be a ball carrier. Well, when he did, he got hurt. He broke his wrist. Right. And, you know, he looked great, and then he got hurt, and that was it for how many weeks? Mm-hmm. No, that is valid. Now, Doug, let's take a look back at the draft board and look at some quarterbacks. You mentioned the fact that Aaron Rodgers went before Andrew Luck, and I think that's a surprise. I think Andrew Luck, on average, is going number one. Right. Um, after Andrew Luck goes in the third round, no quarterback goes in the fourth. In the fifth round, the third quarterback off the board was Drew Brees, followed by late in the fifth round, Peyton Manning. And those were the first four QBs. The fifth quarterback, he goes in the sixth round, was Matt Ryan. Drew Brees, the third quarterback off the board. They've lost Jimmy Graham. They've added C.J. Spiller. Clearly, Brandon Cooks is probably it should be the number one option there now. Marquise Colston's just getting older. Right. Uh, Mark Ingram had a nice year. Does he stay healthy again? Who knows? Kyrie Robinson, Spiller as a third down back. Breeze, we can't debate. We could argue Luck one and two. It's irrelevant to me who's one and two there. Sure. But Breeze at number three, Manning at number four, <laughs> fifth round. Your thoughts on that? Um. Breeze is one of those guys that um, I have a category of let somebody else take him. And Breeze is one of those guys that I'll let somebody else take. Um, Manning, I still believe Manning is going to give you 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns. Uh, And and you know what? A lot of people are sour on Breeze because around uh, fantasy football playoff time, he kind of 
yeah. doesn't get it done. And people, you know, when you play fantasy, that's all you really care about. Right. Is the, your playoffs. Um, I'm not touching Breeze. I, I'll look at it this way. Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Romo, Roethlisberger. I'm more than happy to take them uh, two rounds later instead of Breeze. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to touch Breeze. If he falls, if Breeze falls to me... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You can't say you're not going to touch him because right. everybody eventually has value, even for the guy who's, oh, I'm not touching him. Right. Well, all of a sudden, it's the eighth round, and you're going, well, <laughs> now it's silly, the fact that he's still there. Sure, but, but being realistic, in uh, some of my 10 or 12 team leagues, he will not go past round three. Really? Or, or round four. You know why? Because he's the name, Drew Brees, Hall of Famer. He's a stud. Um, his legacy gets in people's heads. And people are like, oh, wow, he's round four, he's still there? I'm, I'm going to take Drew Brees. And they don't take all those factors you just mentioned into consideration. So for me, Drew Brees is one of those guys, let somebody else take him, take somebody else two or three rounds later, who will do just as well. Well, Doug, I mean, you know my theory. We've drafted together. You know my theory on quarterbacks. I don't touch one early. I won't, probably won't even sniff one to round eight, nine, or ten. Right. Um, last year – I drafted Jake Cutler and Nick Foles in the league we're in together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Foles got hurt, and I picked up Mark Sanchez. Cutler was ineffective. I had enough talent, and Mark Sanchez and that Eagles offense did just enough to to give me victory. Uh, I think quarterbacks can be found. I really, really do. Now, we talk about ADP, and the ADP currently is definitely different than this draft. It's Luck and Rodgers, one and two, both going in the second round. So that, to me, makes Andrew Luck in the third round an immediate steal. Yeah. Right? Peyton Manning, on average, is the third quarterback taken, but he's going in the fourth round. Uh, Russell Wilson is the fourth quarterback, on average, taken off the board with a pick in the fifth round. And then Drew Brees is the fifth quarterback off the board at the end, very end of round five, 5.12. So now you're looking at Breeze going round five or six. That more acceptable for you? Well, for me, look who's left. I like well, Roethlisberger. He's tough. He I now. love Roethlisberger this year. Well, love him. Love him. Love him this year. Martavius Bryant, a full season. Antonio Brown, the best wide receiver in the league. Right. Le'Veon Bell, probably the best PPR running combination running back in the league. Right. Okay. Even, even with the suspension, he's still going to be a monster in PPR. Sure. And they're probably going to, they say most likely going to reduce his uh, suspension. They, most likely. If they do, let me ask you this. Well, let's, let's finish the conversation on Roethlisberger. Okay. Roethlisberger or Brees. Round six, they're both on the table. Taking Ben. Round six, Cam Newton or Drew Brees. Oof. That's tough. For me, flip a coin. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys, I've never been a big Cam Newton guy. No, neither have I. Russell Wilson or Drew Brees? Round five, round six. Um, Wilson, because I know I will get um, consistent numbers across the board every game. He'll help you out with his legs as well. He'll run a little bit. Right. Um, Matt Ryan, Tony Romo, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, any of them before Drew Brees? Every single one of them. Really? Yep. Brady, if he's out four games, maybe. Yeah, that's enough. tough. But uh, see, I'm afraid of Brady because I don't like necessarily always drafting a second quarterback, right. especially if you've got an elite one. 
uh, and I put up the quotations as if our listeners could see that there. <laughs> Silly me. Right. But if you have an elite one, I don't see the need for a second quarterback. Oh, you're only going to play him on the bye week. If I have Tom Brady, I don't need a second quarterback. Well, this year, if I draft Tom Brady, I do. Right. And that, and that kind of took, uh, hurts me a little bit. I don't, I don't like that. I'm going to be drafting, you know, uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill to play him for three or four weeks. And it just it eats up a roster spot. I'd rather go elsewhere with that. Right. But, Doug, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell, and we didn't really talk about him. In this draft, in this expert draft, he went eighth. Le'Veon Bell was hands down the fantasy MVP last year. I mean, not even close uh, was how dominant he was. I mean, just as I pull up his stats real quick, you know, Le'Veon Bell on the season last year, on 290 carries, 1,361 yards, and eight rushing touchdowns. He also had 83 receptions. Wow. For 854 yards and three rush receiving touchdowns, so 11 total touches, uh, 83 points on the re- 83 receptions, plus over 2,000 combined yards, just absolute beast mode. But now, okay, he is looking at, okay, he he notched last year. He had 10 plus fantasy points in 14 of his 16 games, averaging 18 carries and five catches per game, and he didn't fumble the ball once. Okay, 18 carries and five catches. He's guaranteed 23 touches. That's an absurd number. It really is. And here he is sliding to number eight because he just, well, he wanted to get stoned with LeGarrette Blount in the backseat of a car. I mean, there's just no nice way to say it. On ADP, Le'Veon Bell is currently going as the third running back, approximately the fourth pick overall in the draft. Um you know the top four, top four overall players going have been Peterson, Charles, Antonio Brown, and then Le'Veon Bell, Eddie Lacy, a slight hair behind Le'Veon Bell. So there's Bell at at probably a fourth pick. Are you are you letting him slide like he slid in this draft to number eight because of the suspension, no. or are you saying to heck with it? I'll take twelve games over Le'Ve, of Le'Veon Bell uh, over. 16 games of Matt Forte or Eddie Lacy. If I get Bell in the eighth pick in the first round, I'm doing cartwheels. I am thrilled. Um, and one thing I'm big on is offensive lines. Uh, the, for, according to my, uh, my sources here, the Steelers are the fifth best offensive line. And, and like you said, you have Brown, you have Ben. Um, I, there's no way. If I'm picking seven, six, or five, I'm letting Bell go past him. At what spot are you in the draft? Where, if you're the first overall pick, right. Adrian Peterson or Le'Veon Bell? I would feel more comfortable with Peterson. Second overall pick, Jamal Charles, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Um, I'm flipping a coin between Brown and Bell. If it's PPR, possibly Brown. Third overall pick, Charles or Bell. So that's it, done, right yep, there. Yep. He's not getting past three if you're in that draft. No way. No way. Not getting past three. No. How soon are you drafting D'Angelo Williams if you're taking Le'Veon Bell? I'm going to take Bell, hopefully get a couple of – hopefully get maybe two other legitimate running backs within the first five rounds. And I'm I'm, I'm thinking about picking him up maybe maybe round six. Seven? Seven or eight. Seven or eight. Ten-team. Uh, ten 
league? Let's go 12 team. Around seven or eight. Sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, you know what? In this 14 team league, D'Angelo Williams, and I'm surprised, yeah. lasted to around 12. Yeah. And the guy who took Bell didn't get him. No. So, uh, you know, if he's going to be out for four weeks, and that's definitely legit, it's going to happen. I'm going to reach. Maybe, You're going to reach for him earlier. Yeah. I mean, he's still a good running back. He's I mean, he's not a stud, but he's good. He's going to give you 60 yards and a couple yeah. of catches. And, and maybe a few touchdowns here and there. You never know. It all depends, too, on, on how the draft potentially goes. Right. You know, if you take Le'Veon Bell and you grab a wide receiver or two, and then you're able to get uh, Rashad Jennings or Shane Vereen or Amir Abdullah, the rookie with Detroit, or Jonathan Stewart, who's the guy now in Carolina. Right. Let's say you get two of those three, so now you have at least two other legitimate starters. Maybe you have a, a lesser need for D'Angelo Williams because you don't need to even start him. You know, you, oh, all right, I'll, I'll roll with uh, you know, Latavius Murray in round four and Shane Vereen in round six, and I'll just start them, and I don't have to reach as high for D'Angelo. But if you miss on those guys and now you're desperate, yeah, you're going to have to get through those first couple of weeks and maybe take D'Angelo Williams a heck of a lot sooner than you probably wanted to because you know after week three his value is only tied to an injury to Le'Veon Bell, and an injury to Le'Veon Bell will end your season. D'Angelo Williams is not matching his production. No matter how many touches they give him the ball, he gets hurt, your season's over. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so, so that's an interesting pick uh, going that early. Doug, Marshawn Lynch and Arian Foster, they're sitting there at 9 and 10. Are you afraid of the veteran legs there, or do you think there's something left? Uh, Arian Foster, I think Arian Foster is still very good, but you just got to know he's missing three games. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm real comfortable taking Lynch and Foster. I mean, they're, they're a little bit older, a little bit longer in the tooth. A lot of carries, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean they get it done. Yeah, I mean for the past how many years have we been saying about Aaron Foster? Oh, this is the year he's going to start. He lose and he gets hurt, gets banged up, and then he's re- somehow he's rejuvenated. Yeah, I mean he's a vegan. Maybe maybe that's it. Is that what he, is he a vegan? Yes, he and uh, Tony Gonzalez both uh, went vegan, and from what I hear, they, they you heal much faster that way. Really? Yep. Marshawn Lynch currently sitting as the seventh overall pick on average, um, and the one, two, three, four, fifth running back. Arian Forster on average is the 13th overall pick, so first pick in the second round, and the seventh running back off the board. Arian Forster going before LaShawn McCoy and C.J. Anderson on average, not necessarily in this draft, but on average going before both of them. Doug, as I'm about to choke on my own words, when you look towards the end of this draft, with about, I don't know, maybe five minutes left, we could go a little longer than an hour if we still have the chops working. Sure. But I, I scroll down now and I look at the bottom of this draft, and round 16 is primarily key, uh, kickers. Uh, but you look in the last, say, let's say, let's say from round 12 down. At round 12 down, anybody stand out to you that go, wow. Because you know that pick you take in round 11, round 12, who comes out of nowhere and beast modes it, that's the guy who wins you the league. Yeah, you know, I've been, I've been watching film of, uh, of uh, Cameron Artis Payne from Carolina. 
Um, he's one of those guys where they, in this draft he went round 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's out of uh, he's out of Auburn. He's behind Jonathan Stewart. And that's it. Yeah, and and he's the guy after that. He's uh, he's five ten, two hundred twelve pounds. Uh, he's not a small guy by any means. Uh, and I was watching a lot of his films. Somehow he always makes the first guy miss. Mm-hmm. Very often the second guy. Um, he reminds me of uh, a Lendale White with better speed. Lendale and, White had some some fantasy value in his in his for a year or two there, getting the ball in the end zone. Well, he he had a nose for the end zone, mm-hmm. but he wasn't. They weren't looking to run him at the fifty yard line or your own four yard line. You know, in the red zone, they want him to run. But he's a faster Lendell White, and uh, he's a guy that you know I'm, I'm targeting later on in the league uh, in, in the draft because I mean I'm not I'm not if I have Jonathan Stewart I'm not comfortable having no. him as my number two you know so uh, somebody like Cameron Artis Payne is a is a very cheeky little pick later on in the draft yeah I like I like Roy Helu now in Oakland uh, he went in the tenth round in this draft. He he led running backs in receptions last year. Mm. Uh, well, one of the leading running backs uh, with receptions. He's going to Oakland where it's Latavius Murray. Trent Richardson is the backup, and Helu's going to be the third down back. He could be a sneaky PPR play. Um, i got to be honest. I like whichever quarterback goes wins the job for the Eagles. I really do. You know they're going to chuck the ball all over the place. Mark Sanchez went in round 13. Uh if he somehow wins the job in camp over Sam Bradford, and, you know, Sam Bradford's coming off two ACL surgeries on the same knee right. and has never really been that great to begin with. Uh, Sanchez, yes, he threw a couple of interceptions. You know, he's going to throw two picks a game. Sure. But he's probably going to throw three touchdowns and 275 to 300 yards in that offense. So I'm, I'm intrigued by him. You know, the other guy who I'm uh, – there's our guy, Ladarius Green. This was obviously before the suspension. He sure. went in round 14. Um, I am intrigued by a couple of the Indianapolis Colts wide receivers who went late. Dante Moncrief went in round 12. And then a little bit after that, in round, and I've just lost my spot there, but uh, the rookie they just drafted, Philip Dorsett, went in round 14. You got T.Y. Hilton, you have Andre Johnson, you know those two are the primary guys. But Moncrief and Dorsett, they're both first-round picks over the last two years there in Indianapolis. Uh, they could be a sneaky play as a as a bi-week replacement or a potential PPR guy. It's not unheard of that you're playing three wide receivers from the same team over the course of a season. You know, a lot of you did it with the Broncos. You've done it with the Packers, where you can easily roll out three wide receivers. If Dante Moncrief or Philip Dorsett, whoever wins that third wide receiver role in Indy, I think could have a lot of value as well. I agree, and you have to remember they have a good chance of becoming the number two guy because Andre Johnson, you know, is a little old in the tooth. Uh, his health is kind of iffy here and there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I have Johnson, I want one of these guys to back him up. I agree. What about Victor Cruz in round nine? I'm going to name four guys who went in round nine to you, and you tell me who you wanted. Okay. A couple of guys. Veterans. Anquan Bolden. Victor Cruz. Pierre Garçon. Eric Decker. Um, Garcon. Even though he was terrible last year? Yep. I, I, I think he's a good bounce-back candidate. Um, but, you know, ahead of – Victor Cruz is one of those guys also. He's on my let somebody else take him list. Really? I would, I would rather have uh, Ruben Randall later on because 
I don't know if Cruz can bounce back. What, what do you have? A Michael Patella Patella replacement surgery. Yeah, I I have very little confidence in him. He's not a big guy in the first place. He's See, a small he, man. Here's why I like Cruz this year, though, okay. and I'll tell you why. Victor Cruz's best seasons were when he wasn't quote the number one receiver. Mm-hmm. His best season, he was the slot guy. To Hakeem Nix. Right. You follow me? Sure. Hakeem Nix leaves town. Victor Cruz becomes the man. Victor Cruz, don't get me wrong, was still good, but never duplicated the numbers he put up with Hakeem Nix. Right. Now he's in a situation. Victor Cruz, who's Victor Cruz? We have Odell Beckham. Mm -hmm. Victor Cruz, all reports are the knee's going well. It's not a career ender. You're telling me you has the opportunity to go back to the role where he was most successful and go back to that slot guy with Ruben Randall coming off a 980-yard season? He's sitting there in round nine as a potential fourth outfielder with the ability to go up higher in a PPR league and give you maybe 70 catches? You know they're going to throw the ball. You know the Giants are going to throw it. Sure. I like Cruz in a PPR format. I I think he could give you 70 catches, 900 to 1,000 yards. In a perfect world, yes. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, the knee scares me. And, you know, they, they say he's, he's very confident in his knee. The team is confident in his knee. I'm not. I mean, that, that was a, a serious injury he had. You know, it wasn't like he tweaked anything or, right. you know. I mean, it's a, it's a risk. And I think it's a risk that, you know, either you want to take it or you don't. And if you want to take it, I don't blame you. But, if, but would you rather, let me ask you this, would you okay. rather Victor Cruz mm-hmm. on one good knee and one surgically repaired knee catching balls from Eli Manning or Pierre Garçon fighting for touches with Deshaun Jackson catching passes from either Robert Griffin or Kirk Cousins? Come on. Nah, you, you forgot the Robin Griffin factor there. No, no, no. You, you, you win. You win. Um, my only concern is his health, and I'm, I'm not sold that his needs. Okay, so right now you're down on him, right? right? But let's say it's draft night, August 29th or September 1st, whenever it is, mm-hmm. and you've seen Victor Cruz play the normal amount of minutes that a starter plays in spring. Right. You know, week one he plays three series. Week two, he plays the first quarter. Right. Week three, he plays the first half. Week four of the preseason, he plays the first season, and they pull him. Right. Who cares about his numbers? He's out there, and he's playing. Sure. If Does that, that change your mindset? If that's the case, I'm going to have the same conversation that we're having now, and I'm going to lie to you and say, oh, Denise is not – I'm not confident <laughs> with Denise, and I will take him <laughs> early. If I see him preseason and he's looking good, <clears throat> I will reach for him. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that well, no, I, you, you summed up perfectly that. If you, preseason looks good, I'm going to take him even around earlier than what his ADP is. Yeah. Um, if, they're, if they're sitting him out, then you've got to wonder why. Then you worry. Right. You worry. I, want, I don't even need to see him play week one. The key game is week three. No one plays week one. Right. Let me see him play week three. See him out there for the first half. And I don't even care if he only catches two balls for 12 yards. I mean, I I really don't put much factor into preseason numbers. I just don't. No. Um, 
But let me see him out there running his routes without any problems for a third. And then, yeah, I'll happily grab him. Eli Manning is starting quarterback this year in fantasy. Um, is Cruz healthy? Interesting. Odell Beckham's not enough to make him a starter. Cruz, Beckham, Randall, give me that threesome. Eli Manning's in your top 12? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. And know that you're going to have at least one or two games where Eli Manning's going to lose you the game. Yeah. He does it every year. Yeah, he, You're right, he does. Um, but, but you know what, though? He's, it's a new offense last year. They were horrible. They say it takes a full year to learn that West Coast offense. Let me finish, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he was horrible. And towards the end of the season, he looked really, really good. And I've heard nothing but positive things this off season. Uh, and he's def- he, he 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 dare I say he may surpass his brother this year. Wow! If Cruz is healthy, there it is. If- there that I got to wrap this show up right now because that is the quote of the night. You are that high on him this year. If Cruz is healthy, um, his Vereen, you know, yeah, pissing people off in, in you know in the in the you know, dumping passes off to him. I mean, and Danell's yeah. Danell's an okay tight end. Yes, he, he is. He'll he'll win you some weeks, Danell. He will. He'll have a, you know two touchdowns, hundred yards for two weeks. For it's amazing season. how much Odell Beckham Jr. has changed that offense immensely. Immensely. If you had said that offense was Victor Cruz, Ruben Randall, Larry Danell, Shane Vereen, you'd go big deal. But Odell Beckham. Slots everybody more appropriately. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I do. Victor Cruz is now your number two receiver. Ruben Randall is your number three receiver. Shane Vereen is your check down option. Rashad Jennings is a good, not great running back. I don't need to lean on him. That back, he slots everybody significantly better. If that hammy is healthy, then it's a complete season changer. Yeah. Season changer. Yeah, yeah, For yeah. everybody. Yeah. Fantasy and reality. Right. If you said Victor Cruz is your number one wide receiver, you're going, okay. Yeah. Right. But now he's your number two, and Ruben Randall's your three, or Randall's your two, and Victor Cruz is your three. Yeah. I'll yep. sign up for that. I Absolutely. agree. Absolutely. But, Doug, listen, man, we are out of time. That might very well have been the quickest hour plus uh, that I've had on this show in a long while. Uh, and I – and, and – Am I going to see you again this summer? You certainly will. Awesome. All right, folks, we are out of time. I want to thank everybody for listening, whether live or on demand on Blog Talk Radio or if you listen to us on iTunes. As always, make sure you check us out on iTunes. Subscribe, download, rate the show. Get the, get it, if you have your iPhone, you, you, you get the app, the iPod, uh, iTunes podcast app, and you can listen to the show on the train, at the gym, or doing whatever it is you do. You just want to put the headphones on so you don't have to listen to the wife. You could do that as well and uh, enjoy the show. And Doug will be with us all summer long. And uh, and then we'll see what happens once the season starts, time permitting, how often he could join us and continue joining us to talk some fantasy football. Great job uh, with Doug, and it should be a lot of fun. I want to remind everybody, follow on Twitter at Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. Facebook, check out the page, uh, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. And... um, DynastySportsEmpire.com 
And then the sites I'm working for, rotoballer.com and draftvalet.com. Lots of great stuff. You'll be hearing more and more about draftvalet.com uh, as uh, the summer comes on. We'll be doing more and more with that. Don't forget, you can hear me on Rotoballer Fantasy Sports Radio Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern, with Real, uh, my partner, Real Talk Raph. And uh, follow on Twitter and Facebook for the next show we do. I'll be out of town next week, so it might be some point in the next two weeks where we'll be on again. And we'll be doing all sorts of stuff. We'll do position previews. One night or two, we'll definitely get on uh, FantasyFootballCalculator.com and do a mock draft or two. Uh, plenty to talk about as draft night approaches for you, your friends, and your fantasy football league. For Doug Dadala, I'm Anthony Aniano. Have a great 4th of July, everybody, and we'll all talk to you real soon. Have a good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.